everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm over it tonight. I'm your host. It is Monday, August 23rd, and the Pick 6 Podcast is brought to you today by... That's right. Bud Light! Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Drink a limited edition Bud Light team can as you listen along with us to get one of these fantastic team cans i've seen the artwork there cool uh go to budlight.com slash delivery to order that's budlight.com slash delivery to get yours sent to you today joining us to talk about the preseason week two the one the only cody benjamin what's up man it's the first time i've been part of the like cool the sound effect sound. thing yeah yeah that reminded me of like being at the movie theater and they do they used to do this commercial where they're like they drop the ice cubes and then they pour the coke and then i mean that was oh, yeah i know what that, you're about. yeah that made me feel like nostalgic that was pretty cool yeah um yeah those uh they don't i yes yes i agree i'm, I'm not gonna I'm, i was gonna say, say something about drinking beer in movie theaters but i they've started yeah. doing that that's like more prevalent now which i like it is cocktails i mean the whole the whole thing so yeah we've got a um Oh, what's the name of it? A, uh, it's, a, it's like a Alamo Draft House. Have you ever heard of those? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have one in Raleigh. And like, if you go, I mean, it's a whole experience, man. You're getting, you got wait staff. You get told to put your phone down. I saw Toy Story 4 there. So, yeah. Uh, Will, but, I don't know if you know this, but I wrote, I wrote a whole book about movie theaters. And so I'm all in on this stuff. I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm all oh, in on these yeah. theaters. So, yeah, I'm like, have you heard of Alamo Draft? <laughs> like, yeah, yes. I've been a book about movie theaters. You. It's, it's a side, it's outside of football. It's a, it's a big thing. So, okay. What's, uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? I mean, it used to be like Inception. I would say Inception. That was the one I probably saw the most in theaters. I've, I've but, never seen Inception. I should probably rectify that, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we could do like maybe sometime in the off season next year, we can do like, uh, you come on and review it or something. Okay, I like it. Uh, yeah, we'll do a movie pod. Um, you know, I've also never seen. Um, oh, what's the uh, Avatar? Yeah, I mean that was a big one. I mean yeah, that was a big the, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, broke the yeah broke the box office record. Yeah, uh, I've written I've written on the Avatar ride though. It's the it's uh, probably it's probably just as fun, maybe even more fun. I have, would you, have you written on that ride? No, it's it's pretty crazy. So it's it's a virtual roller coaster. Okay. And, and that you sit on this like little motor it's like a little motorcycle type of stand and you fly on this gigantic screen like you they, they take, it, if you feel like you're riding on one of those blue things um i'm not a big roller coaster guy then that one was i was able to do it but it was a little like uh intense yeah like it's like a virtual reality kind of a thing yeah yeah i mean you're just sitting there but like you know shaking you like this and and right. you're you're on the you know the screen is doing these wild dips and all. It, it, it's it's worth kind of it's kind of how i feel like when i'm on this podcast sometimes <laughs> you know, so. very, very good uh, um, appropriation of my entire life in general all right let's talk about uh, by the way 49ers chargers is sunday night we were recording this on sunday afternoon so that game uh we will we'll you know We'll loop back in and talk about that game later in the week. Also, Jaguars and Saints on Monday night. But that 49ers Chargers game is like 7.30. If this were a regular season week, you know, we, we'd, we'd, stay, we'd wait for the game and record it. But, nah, this is preseason. Um, so, Trey Lance was great, I hope. Uh, the rookie quarterbacks remain the top story across the league, Cody, because uh, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to start in the – Mm-hmm. Even though he's listed second on the depth chart by Urban Meyer, uh, we'll see how that plays out on Monday night. We also know Zach Wilson is going to start again. Trey Lance playing uh, on played on, late on Sunday night, but then Zach Will, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields are trying to give their respective teams enough to make to have them name the starters. Uh, Fields nine of nineteen for eighty yards, four rushes for forty six yards, and Mac Jones thirteen of nineteen for one hundred forty six yards. Zach Wilson nine of eleven for one hundred twenty eight yards and two touchdowns. I thought, and I, this is not taking away at all from Justin Fields, but um, I thought that Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, in particular, over the weekend, really did a lot to raise their stock. Uh, if Justin Fields' stock moved up, and I think it did, it's probably more because Andy Dalton was hot trash. Yeah, and I think it's just the contrast of skill sets there. I mean, which we've talked about since the Bears draft to Justin Fields. I mean, Andy Dalton is just not even close to what um, you're drafting Justin Fields to be as your quarterback. So, yeah, I think everyone kind of expected to see a little bit of that special ability with Justin Fields, and we have. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been impressed with 
honestly, I mean, every quarterback in the rookie class, the top of the class, to some degree. Um, Trey Lance, I mean, he needs to obviously be a little more consistent uh, throwing the football. And that was the case at NDSU, too. But we saw, you know, I think the, the, the stat was that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo had never thrown a pass um, that was longer than, you know, Trey Lance's longest pass in week one of the preseason. Um, and so we need to see more consistency there. But when I look at like Zach Wilson, just throwing the football, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm in on that. I don't know. I mean, I, I just see it. And, and again, that's just, that's a totally, um, I don't want to say biased, totally, I guess, subjective eye test there. No, but, no, I think that's important. I think, yeah, I, I mean, it's not even a, I, I, I am very big on the subjective, Sort I mean, of gut yeah. eye test when it comes to quarterbacks, uh, golf swings, and and baseball pitchers. Like I think you you need to you need to be able to see like you have to see it and th- say okay yes I I get that I see this and I can see how this is going to work out long term. With I, I agree with you with Wilson like you can just it, it's very fluid and loose and you can tell he knows how to rip it. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say too on Wilson and I'll not to interrupt you and let you get back to it, but he like it just hit me while watching the game. You see these highlights of these throws he's making and. These guys, these coaches coming from the Kyle Shanahan system, they just get guys open for the quarterbacks. I mean, you know, it, it, I'm not saying that he couldn't um, couldn't have made the throws in the tight windows, but that scheme that uh, that Mike Lafleur is running, Matt's brother and, and former uh, OC there in San Francisco now, that, or excuse me, former uh, quarterback came from San Francisco, now the OC in New York, and it, it, that scheme just seemed to translate. We've seen it op- we've seen it work in like four or five different spots now, and I think that's going to benefit Zach Wilson in a big way. Yeah, and if you throw in, I mean, if the other factors are working, if you got a good defense, I mean, it's it's kind of the unbeatable pairing when it's working because if you can scheme guys open, um, great. And if you can't, you've got a guy like Zach Wilson whose arm clearly can get the ball there if it's a tight window. Uh, again, like anyone who's listening to this podcast, we're not projecting like Zach Wilson is a pro bowler this year. But like just off the eye test and what we've seen so far, I mean, I think that guy has an NFL arm. And Mac Jones has also impressed me. Um, I know that he became almost a, not a laughing stock, but just like because everyone thought the right play for the 49ers or someone picking high is the upside, not the safe quarterback like Mac Jones. I mean, his name's McCorkle Jones IV. If you play it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he was, yeah, he, and he's all these pictures. He's got Bama bangs and pink polos on. I mean, it's, yeah. he's a parody. And it's, I say, because I get, I get, I get this. I mean, I'm not a, you know, tall, handsome quarterback guy, but, uh, you know, McCorkle Jones, it's a, the whole thing had a very like Southern vibe to it. And so I, right. I understood why it was crazy. Like, they can't draft Mac Jones third. But I think if, if he were doing what he's doing in San Francisco and they had taken him third, I think people would kind of be, all right, like, you know, this is kind of okay. I, you know, I can kind of see why they did this. Yeah, I mean, again, all these guys have to prove things in real games. But, you know, Mac Jones, to me, um, he, he's looked comfortable. He's looked comfortable in the pocket when it's – even when he has to move his legs in the pocket. And he has surprising amount, to me, of zip on the ball when he's throwing it. I mean, it's not a necessarily a Zach Wilson, like, flick of the wrist. But I think he's got the arm. I mean, certainly the arm to – in my mind, warrant consideration early on this season to be the Patriots starting quarterback. Um, so yeah, that's where I, I think all the guys have shown promising things. Trevor Lawrence, honestly, when we did the week one rankings for preseason performance of those first round quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence was number five, I think out of the five for me and not because I, it was I, bad. I throw over on uh, the Twitter machine. Not, not horrible. Um, it, <laughs> nothing bad. No. And I mean, you could have made a case for Trey Lance because after the bomb, it wasn't great. Um, and not because Trevor Lawrence was bad, but because when I looked at Zach Wilson and I looked at Justin Fields and I looked at um, Trey Lance, I saw like the special ability. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he made some good throws, but he also sat in the pocket for a long time. He looked he looked fine. But um, no, I think good signs for all of them. The Mac, there was one play in particular with Mac Jones where he was in the pocket and got pressured. He was sort of moving a little bit, but basically got and he, and he got he got hit and then but didn't go down and made a great throw. And that's important because you know if you're it 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 I think really highlighted what the strength the the theoretical strength that we thought Mac Jones would have, which is that you know while he may not have this otherworldly physical skill set, you know his his sort of his maturity as a player and consistency as a player 
and and being in that Alabama offense, you know, he wasn't he wasn't disrupted by that. He 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 ga- you know didn't even have to gather himself. He just instinctually made the move and made the throw down the right side. Uh, he also had a great actually excuse Cam Newton had the touchdown pass to Jacoby uh, Myers. But I, I just thought in general, Mac Jones looked like he had has plenty of arm strength, plenty of mobility to 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 be a, a quality quarterback in the NFL. And for the Patriots, I gotta be honest, like I, I think and I tweeted this out. I think people need to put to bet on the Patriots to make the playoffs. They're plus money at, at Caesars right now, plus one twenty five. I think to make the postseason, they have a really good offensive line. Like it's loaded. Like their their twos were beating down. I, I know the Eagles' defense wasn't you know mm-hmm. didn't have everybody out there, but they, it was it was like a very clear mismatch in the trenches between New England and Philadelphia. They have Sony Michelle looked pretty good. like he he was he was running you know, like six well. running backs who could start. Yeah, Roger Stevenson, but... JJ Taylor, uh, Damian Harris. And Mac Jones and Cam Newton both played well. And I think I still think that they will go with Cam as the week one starter because and I, I know this is dumb, but if you go with Mac and he doesn't win games, you you have to bench him for Cam. And that's a weird thing to do for a first round rookie. I, I think Belichick probably prefers sort of the the upside of of, of Cam in, in terms of what they can do with the, with with running the ball. And then, you know, they have enough. The defense looked really good, and they have enough weapons on offense where I, I just think this is a team. There are probably there are what we will say. You're going to say four or five, I guess, between the Chiefs, Bills, the Chiefs and the Bills feel like pretty much playoff locks early going into the season. The Ravens and the Browns, and somebody's got to come from the South, obviously. So yeah. just doing the math, there's a lot of slots, a, a wide open slots, and I think the Patriots, to me, look like a team that are that, that can come back uh, and and make some noise in the postseason. But and, but largely because I'm confident that if Cam struggles or Cam gets hurt, they can go to Mac Jones. Yeah, no, it is a nice fallback plan. Like there's that saying, you know, it's nice to have two good. Like we have two good quarterbacks, and usually that means something is is not quite right. But. Um, no, I agree. You have two quarterbacks you don't have. You don't have right. But uh, I think it would be interesting. You you mentioned their offensive line being loaded. Um, y- yeah, that we have to see in the regular season. I think that they have depth. That's for sure. Um, it's just a matter of you know because and and I don't we don't want to read too much into like practice reports, but I know like the whole week leading up to Phil, if, it, uh, it, yeah, that was the buzz right that the yeah dominated the practice reps and then the because who's it is Elliot Shore Parks who's the, like the the yeah. home run or touchdown or whatever, whatever, whatever. He's like, I could luck into a home run. Um, yes. uh, but I saw Les Bowen uh, who quote tweeted him and, and was basically like gave him an eye roll for, for the, for the, for the practice versus the game where, where, yeah. where, where, you, where you stand as a, as a, cause you're an Eagles guy, how you, how, like how, cause it doesn't sound like everything that was happening the week of matched up with what we saw in that game. Yeah. And I think part of it is, um how many starters were playing and again like i don't um i think you you obviously have some concerns if you're you're dropping a preseason game 35 to nothing but at the same time if you're not playing any of those starters that were apparently dominating at practice all week i mean i think the patriots did what they needed to do uh, in the game and reportedly the eagles did what they needed to do in practice um i still think the, the arrow like you said is pointing up on the patriots it's just a matter of, like in the regular season when you're matched up against real cornerbacks and real defensive linemen. Sure. Uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton may be solid, but you're still you're talking about, you know, is is Kendrick Bourne going to get open? Is Jacoby, you know, are these guys Nelson Aguilar, are they going to consistently give you chances to win? And I know they got the tight ends, too, but um, that's going to be the question that weapons as well. Yeah, that game was Thursday night. Uh, I do. I think Jacoby Myers and I'm. I buy full fully biased here in terms of, uh, you know, he's a former NC state guy, watched a ton of his games. Uh, he he's just going to be good though. I think he's going to be the Patriots number one wide receiver. He, it wasn't fair to ask him to be that last year. I think it, it might be fair to ask him to do that this year. We'll see how those other guys uh, come along. Any other thoughts from, or are you worried that Joe Flacco is going to take Jalen hurts job? I'm very worried. Um, <laughs> No, I, the 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 absence thing of Jalen Hurts, the illness thing, like last minute, that was a little bit curious. Oh yeah, um, that's right. God, for, oh man, uh, this is how you know that preseason ga- like gambling is a, is a thing now because people are like, how dare the Eagles? Yeah. How dare they? It's like, it's like, well, I think there was probably some fans too that were like, you know, they, I'm, sh- you know, preseason tickets aren't expensive these days, but maybe some fans shelled out like fifty bucks and parking tickets to see Jalen Hurts for a quarter or a series and. 
but no, I no, absolutely not. I, I'm excited to see uh, Jalen Hurts in a real game. I thought that I thought he had more than he only had two carries for 13 yards, and he didn't catch a pass. But my so my uh, subjective eye test thought that Miles Sanders looked kind of explosive. By the way, I think you know Miles Sanders. That like, there's been some. Uh, I I have now uh, drafted. A, I've drafted a lot of uh, best ball uh, on, on underdog fantasy. Uh, 34% exposure to Miles Sanders. That's a lot. I, I mean, he was like last year, he wasn't consistent, but when he, w- when he touched the ball, like he was a big play guy. And so yeah. he had some long runs, some big touchdowns. I mean, I think, I, I think, I mean, I would draft him. I would get him. It's like, he's in like the fifth round too, because nobody wants him. Right. That's what I mean. Weird. The pendulum has swung a little too far. I think on it. he was going so. in like the back into the first round last year. And now you can get him in the fifth round of, of these best ball drafts. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I, I do, you know, certainly some concerns about, oh, um, Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Rager, your thoughts? I mean, I think you see more from Devontae Smith, even just in that limited sample size. Um, you know, he had a couple of drops, but you can see the separation, the ability to just get in and out of his routes. Um, Jalen Rager, I mean, we don't have to rehash his rookie season, but I think the speed is there, but it's, you know, is the route running ability there? Is the chemistry with the quarterback there? I think... Devonte Smith is going to be more of a seamless transition. And that's another guy where I think, you know, you're talking about, you know, I'm not projecting Justin Jefferson numbers, but I'm saying he's, he's going to be a popular pass target early on. I, I tend to agree with that. It looks like at the very least, the Eagles may have finally gotten the wide receiver draft selection. Correct. We'll see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time left in that. Um, I will continue. Uh, we mentioned with the uh, bears, Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Matt Nagy came out afterwards after that game. And by the way, the, the Bears got their clocks cleaned. That was it was a mistake by me not to give out the the Bears, I mean, the, the the Bills plus points in the Mitchell Trubisky revenge game. What was I thinking? Uh, Trubisky went twenty of twenty eight for two twenty one and a touchdown. They scored like twenty one points in the first quarter. Absolutely lit up the Bears defense. Uh, Andy Dalton eleven to seventeen for one hundred forty six a touchdown and a pick. He he just didn't look good. I mean, he looked like he's lost out there. And, and and the Bears offense was just lethargic as hell uh, when Dalton was playing a little bit better when Fields got in there. Fields went nine to nineteen for eighty yards as we mentioned. Um, it, to me, at this point, um, I, I just don't know how. It's so weird because uh, you've got to you've got to balance playing the best quarterback while also you know you know preparing yourself for the future. The the one thing about Fields, I thought that at times he looked like maybe a little bit overwhelmed by what the Bills were throwing at him from a defensive standpoint. And if that's the case, then I don't think you want to start in Week One. And that's why you would go with Andy Dalton. Also, as I mentioned with the the whole thing with Cam and, and Mac Jones, I think something similar. Um, and how the, the Bears will want to approach it. I'm not comparing Matt Nagy to Bill Belichick. That would be foolish. But, you know, you don't want to put Fields out there, have him struggle. You lose games. He gets – you have to bench him for Andy Dalton. Then that's a whole hot mess. And so, in my opinion, it is – like as good as I think Fields will be, Cody, you know, to me, he there were some parts where he struggled a little bit against the Bills' defense. And, and as, as such, like, I just think they're going – I mean, they're saying they're going to go to Andy Dalton early and they're going to stick with him. And that's just what they're going to do. And people need to stop – you can get mad about him doing it, but don't act like they're not going to do it because they're just – that's what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are doing. They're doing it. And, and Sunday like, Night Football – just happening. <laughs> it's happening. And I guess the question, as it's been since they drafted Justin Fields, is how long is the leash? I mean, because it's going to be prime time right away for Andy Dalton. We know the, the prime time Andy Dalton. Um, uh, yeah, I think you, you know Andy Dalton's limitations. I know, like, the quotes from Matt Nagy about talking about, like, we need to see him in the regular season. Well, we've seen him in the regular season yeah. for several teams, for bad teams, for, <laughs> for the last whatever. 10 years. Right. So I think, you know, with Justin Fields, yes, he's got his own things to work on, but, you know, so do all the other rookie quarterbacks. He's going to have growing pains, but he's going to give you a decent chance of winning. I think I'm just curious, what is it going to be that gets Andy Dalton pulled and, and finally lets the Bears say, this is not Andy Dalton's team. This is Justin Fields. Is it a, an O and three? Is it a one and four start? Like, Somebody knows in the Bears, or maybe they don't, but they have to have some I kind think, of a. I think that they look at this start. You're at Rams, Bengals at home, which you should be favored by somewhere between five and seven points, I would think, in that game, unless 
Cincinnati looks incredible in week one at Cleveland. There'll be, a, of course, a dog there, but that's a, I mean, it's a winnable game. That's probably one and two to start, but then you have the lions and at the Raiders. So I think there's a decent mm-hmm. chance that they're three and two after five weeks. I don't think that gets Andy Dalton benched now two and three or oh and four, or, you know, something like that is probably going to get him benched, but you have to be careful here too, because as I pointed this out before and keep hammering at home week six, Packers at home, week seven at Buccaneers, week eight, 49ers at home, week nine at Steelers before your week 10 bye. Is it right? Do you want to play Andy Dalton for the for the easier stretch of five games to start and then bench him for Justin Fields against four like playoff caliber opponents? That makes no sense. You can't really pull the Dolphins card of last year where, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, the, the placeholder gets you to a respectable record. I mean, it's week 10. By that point, you've got to know whether you're in the NFC North mix. And so, yeah, that's just, I mean, because you, you can make a case for, so Sunday night you open against the Rams and you figure they're going to have a good defensive plan. They've got good defensive talent. Maybe Andy Dalton is a safer option. He's played in the NFL. We can rely on our defense. Like maybe you scrape out the upset. But still, like at some point, I mean, you you don't trade up for, we've had this conversation how many times, but you don't trade up for Justin Fields. You don't add him as your quarterback if you don't think he gives you a way higher, you know, ceiling. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing too is Andy Dalton, and like when you make that switch, you might be playing a whole different style of football because if Andy Dalton is in there, I would imagine you're trying to, you know, have him control the football, uh, lean on the run game, lean on the defense. When Justin Fields is in there, I mean, he's he's extending plays to a whole different degree. He's probably taking a few more chances, so it completely changes your strategy too. I we'll see how the Bears handle it and uh, which head coach is is making those calls by the end of the year. Uh, agreed. It'll be it, the the thing about the Bears too that I would be a little worried about if I'm I guess Bears fans won't want to hear this, but if I if I'm picking the Bears or I'm a prognosticator who's on the Bears or I'm you know, backing the Bears in any way with my my money, I'm not sure the offensive line is going to be great, and I think there's a chance the defense takes a step back. Yeah. I mean, you can't, uh, I'm not, an, I, I think that, you know, we've talked about the Vikings. They've got their own, they've got their own question marks. I mean, beyond Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, the wide receiver depth chart is, is pretty bare. Um, you know, the, those defensive pieces that they've added in there need to need to click into place, but no, I'm not. Uh, I think the bears have a tough schedule. I think that it's probably not getting as, as much attention. I think their offensive line is a big question mark. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I think Justin Fields could be starting 2022 with a whole new regime kind of around him. Indeed. Um, and by the way, uh, oh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get uh, an ice cold take presented by Bud Light. And this is my ice cold take: the Chicago Bears would have been better off retaining the services of Mitchell Trubisky and having him be the starter ahead of Justin Fields or even being the backup in Chicago, then going with Andy Dalton. And they could have done that for nothing because Trubisky signed as a backup in Buffalo. He looked good. And I realized that Buffalo is a different beast. They have a, a better t- t- talent of roster. They have better talent around him on the roster. Um, and, you know, but there wasn't any Josh Allen out there. It was just Mitchell Trubisky looking sharp and carving up the Chicago Bears defense. I understand it's a preseason game. I understand it's a revenge game. I get it. It's not you know, not going to read too much into it, but I think there's more upside in rolling the dice with Mitchell Trubisky and seeing if you can get him, get something to work, and then you pull him for fields if you have to, then going with Andy Dalton, and they could have done it for essentially the same amount of money. That is my ice-cold take presented by Bud Light. I think so. I agree with you in terms of like playability. I think there's no question that like if you're if you're given Mitchell Trubisky at a at significantly less cost than Andy Dalton, I think it's a no brainer that like you're getting more potential in Mitchell Trubisky regardless of what he's done in Chicago. But in real life, like philosophically, like that break just had to happen. It had to happen. Yeah, no, it no, had I- to happen, and I wouldn't have gone to Andy Dalton. I might have just like. Or, or given Andy Dalton ten million and said over and over and over again, "Hey, this is your team, Andy. This is your team. We just drafted Justin Fields, but we're going to start you week one." Blah blah blah. I wouldn't have done all that, but I, I think you know part of the reason Mitchell Trubisky looks so comfortable is probably because the pressure is off. I mean, he is out of the 
He's out of the Chicago spotlight. He doesn't have to be the Bears' first-round pick quarterback. Um, but, no, I agree with you. You know, Ability-wise, we can continue to point back and say, look, Andy Dalton is a serviceable backup. Yep. But that's that's not what the Bears are calling him. I think there's a decent chance that at some point Trubisky emerges out of Buffalo because he's on a one-year, two-million-dollar deal. And, and and like you're saying, you know, away from the pressure, he only had 12 starts at Carolina. He just – it wasn't fair to make him the savior of a, of a broken – a potentially broken franchise. That, that, it's a that, perfect spot for him. I mean, look at Josh Allen and the type of quarterback that he, you know, like Mitchell Trubisky thrived when he was using his legs. I mean, he can sit there, learn from Josh Allen, learn from their coaches. I think it's, yeah, absolutely a launching pad spot. Uh, let's touch again. We mentioned uh, how good Zach Wilson looked. I thought uh, Michael Carter, the rookie running back out of Carolina, speaking of Mitchell Trubisky, Carolina guy, uh, Michael Carter, 10 carries for 52 yards in that Jets run game. I'm starting to come around to the idea that the Jets are might be fantasy gold because the, they lost Carl Lawson. Uh, that happened, I don't think we talked about that, on the Friday's podcast. I think it happened on Friday or Thursday night. Um, Corey Davis, by the way, looks sharp as well. I, I'm intrigued by this Jets offense, and I think their defense is going to be probably terrible, but they could put up some points. And I think there's, uh, whether it's Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, um, Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, um, Denzel Mims. What did, he have? Did, he, did he even play on? I'm not sure if he played in that game, but he has looked better after reports that he was the sixth uh, wide receiver on the depth chart. Tyler Croft caught a pair of touchdowns. I, I just think there's a little more. I'm a, I have a lot more intrigue in this um, in this offense. And, and look, part of it, again, we saw how well you know, Kyle Shanahan's a very good coach, right? And we've seen Matt LaFleur leave Kyle Shanahan's from Kyle Shanahan's team and go run the system with success in Green Bay. So I think there's a very reasonable case to be made that Mike LaFleur will have a similar, you know, like maybe not 100% replicable because you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but that he can go and have offensive success uh, early on in, uh, in New York with the Jets. Yeah, and I think it starts with the quarterback too. And and from our eye test, we th- we thought Zach Wilson is a guy that can, at the very least, extend plays. Um, he can, you know, his arm is going to get him. I'm sure it'll get him into some trouble, but it also get him out of some trouble. So I think you know that's not going to make Denzel Mims catch the you know crucial third down in the red zone. But um, no, I, I think Corey Davis is somebody to you know to really look out for. I mean, I think they've already shown a connection, um, and I just like the fact that maybe I'm reading too much into the preseason now, but I just like Zach Wilson's playmaking ability for everyone involved in that offense. Agreed. And by the way, yeah, I hadn't thought about this until like literally right now, but Corey Davis had Matt LaFleur as his offensive coordinator for one year, I believe. And then when he left and went to Green Bay and, and now he has his brother. So it's just interesting that uh, those two, uh, those two guys, you know, like you, I'm sure they talk. I mean, they're freaking brothers. Uh, very quickly on the Bengals and Washington football team game, uh, the Bengals scored 13 points and largely looked like uh, kind of crap. Washington scored 17, wasn't uh, substantially better. But the story out of there, Jarrett Patterson out of Buffalo, the rookie, 16 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. I think it's just very notable because he was like crazy prolific in college at Buffalo, putting up big games. And now, you know, you have Antonio Gibson there, who's and he's going to be the guy. But with JD McKissick, Antonio Gibson, and Jarrett Patterson, I, I, I think this Washington team's got can cook on offense. It reminds me of just a little bit of like the Patriots backfield. I mean, because you're talking about yeah. guys that, and again, like running backs yeah, are most that type guys and. Yeah, but I mean, in Antonio Gibson, if you want to have one takeaway from it, it's probably that he is, you know, we were already kind of leaning this way, but he's due for a big year and he's got guys who can relieve him. And I think that's, I mean, such an intriguing because if Ryan Fitzpatrick can stay healthy and that's a big if um, because he's, you know, he's inching closer to 40. He hasn't had a full season for a number of years. Uh, I think it was since he was with the Jets. Um, but no, I like the running back field. I like the wide receivers. We're both trying to get water here, Will. We're trying know, to, I'm not, I'm we like, need these Bud Lights. Like we need like a little one of those straws, the backpacks. I know it's like 900 um, degrees in my office right now. I, I would, I would, um, kill, I would kill for an ice cold uh, Bud Light. By the way, summer's almost here, Cody. I don't know if you're aware of that. I just felt like it's time to get the Bud Light plug in. Isn't it? Uh, it's summer now, isn't it? Oh wait, right. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, sorry. No, that, summer I, is uh, here. Summer there is Summer's <laughs> almost gone, actually. Uh, in fact, summer's almost gone because there's only 17 more days until fans are back in stadiums for the kickoff of the regular season. And to celebrate, Bud Light just unveiled their limited edition team cans designed for the fans. There's a custom design for each fan base, so we can't and we can't wait to get our hands on some of them. You know, like they use uh, hashtag Bolt Up for the uh, for the for the Chargers, of course. Uh, it's like the Seahawks are like every, hashtag we are everywhere or something like that. Mile high salute for the for Broncos. It's very cool stuff. Blitzburg for the Steelers. Um, and uh, yeah, you're going to be wanting to get some of those. They're hitting stores now and they're the only beer you're going to want to have in your fridge this season. So head over to BudLight.com slash delivery now to get, find out how to get yours delivered. BudLight.com slash delivery for a plethora of options on how to have beer sent to your house. Um, Plus, we don't want to talk about Cincinnati, and Washington for too long, so we'll just we'll move on to uh, to other matters. The uh, Panthers, Panthers got uh, pummeled by the Ravens, and this is, I think, a good time to point out, Cody. I'm not sure if you're aware. There's a um, we had uh, let's see eight, well seven of them, excuse me, eight picks from me on Friday's show, mm-hmm. eight preseason betting picks, which is just an obscene number, um, but. Uh, one of them hadn't played as the time of recording because the 49 at the 49ers minus five and a half. But um, of the seven that have played, well, th- there's a tricky one because Detroit, I, I took Detroit plus five and a half, but the line moved to Detroit plus seven. So I, and they won, they lost by six, which is crazy how good Vegas is. So I guess I should take that L. That's fine. Six and one in the preseason picks. How about that? Carry that. I mean, they talk about carrying momentum into the regular season. That's what right. the John Harbaugh talks about with these, you know, historic Ravens records in the preseason. You you carry it in, and so we're gonna be we're gonna be expecting big things from you in the re- regular season. Right. Uh, but the Ravens were one of those, and I said, look, just blindly bet uh, the the Ravens minus three and a half. And part of it, you know, part of it is John Harbaugh just has a really good record in the preseason. But I mean, they weren't, you know. They're trotting out uh, Huntley as their quarterback. It's not exactly a – they're not using their starters in this game. But the reason I really like the Ravens uh, after reading so you know reading what people were saying was that uh, I didn't think Sam Darnold was going to play much. He only had two pass attempts. And uh, uh, Matt Rule said that he was thinking about holding Darnold out because they were worried that they didn't have the full complementary pieces around him. Now, that's – Fine. I mean, DJ Moore's banged up. Robbie Anderson's banged up. Uh, Terrace Marshall has looked really good in the preseason, but it's it's very concerning that they would be like, "Oh, so we can't play Sam if we don't have a line or the the receivers around him." I mean, I mean, yeah, you want to have them, but that, that's a bit of a red flag. I think it's a concern that should probably carry into the regular season. Speaking of you know things carrying in, um, you know their offensive line investments this off season. I think you could look back and say they were a little bit questionable, not to um, you know not to retain Taylor Moton or to no, they, they kept moving. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I meant to. I'm not saying that was one of the reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that was obviously a plus. Right. Um, but the the guys that they added at the price that they did, I think that there's probably other ways you could have spent that to protect whomever it was going to be under center. So yeah, I mean, um, I know there was reports of the Robbie Anderson extension talks, and um, I I, I like the pieces that they have, but. I, I think you're. I think you're a year away minimum. Defense might be okay. Yeah. Take a step forward. I just unless Darnold, unless Darnold just explodes. Yeah. And it was t- a rough weekend for Darnold too because Zach Wilson looks so good. But uh, yeah, I, I I think I think I'm not trying to. Re- I'm I'm not going to be on any sort of bandwagon for Carolina uh, heading into this year. Tua Tagovailoa get people on the bandwagon. There's 16 to 23, 183 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett uh, actually had a perfect passer rating, I believe. It's eight for eight. 99 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, the, the, the freaking Dolphins lit up the Falcons 37 to 17. Uh, Felipe Franks and AJ McCarron did all the quarterbacking for Atlanta, who does not seem inclined to play their starters much in the preseason. That might be something to watch for week three uh, if you want to bet on that game. The Dolphins, if you're a if you're a Dolphins believer, the AFC East just might be good. I mean, it looks like the Dolphins could be as advertised this year. I don't know if they're going to win like 12 games or anything, but, it, you know, I think they could potentially repeat that 10-win season. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking for uh, more of the same from two, I mean, more from Tua this year, but more of what he did last year, which was be efficient um, and then be able to obviously stretch the field a little more with the guys he has there. You know, Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, the guys they added. I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway for me is, is like you said, the AFC East in general. 
Um, I, I mean, I know I'm getting a little too excited about the Jets because of just Zach Wilson looking. You know, he can be flashy and the Jets might still be bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and same goes for Mac Jones, might look poised, but the Patriots, if their receivers, you know, don't separate in the, in the regular season, their defense isn't back to Bill Belichick standards. Um, it's a different story. But, yeah, I think the most intriguing thing is the AFC East, aside from maybe the Bills, who we do consider pretty much a lock, uh, it's it's a toss-up. And, I'm you know, I think the Dolphins are – they're kind of – I don't know if they're, like, underrated right now, but I think it's possible just because of how much people have kind of gone out on Tua this offseason. Um, so if he's efficient, if they can make some more big plays, I think the, the Dolphins are definitely in the mix. The uh, The Lions – like I said, lost to the Steelers. The the update there, I think, is probably that. And I was reading, I was reading something um, on behind the steel curtain. They wrote about it. They're like, this is not a ba- This is not a. It's not a battle between Haskins and Rudolph. People want to make it a battle, but it's not really one. And that Rudolph is just going to be the guy. And the the logic there is that. <clears throat> excuse me, is that Rudolph, uh, by virtue of his knowledge of the system. Is you know th- he gives him a, a, a more a better safety net I think uh, than Haskins if something happens to Roethlisberger. Big Ben eight of ten, a buck thirty seven and two touchdowns looked very sharp out there. Uh, that's a that's a very good sign for them. Tampa Bay and Tennessee uh, didn't play anyone. Oh, I took I took the Titans too. I didn't even have that on my uh, my list. Dang, um, they didn't play anybody in that in in, in that game. Uh, Kyle Trask thirteen to twenty six, one hundred thirty one yards. If Keyshawn Vaughn had a couple of carries, you know, none of the, you know, none of the, none of the pass catchers really out there. So that sort of a, a nothing burger from, from that particular game. Uh, one, one to focus on though, the Denver Broncos smoked the Denver Broncos, the preseason champions right now. They're killing people. They smoked the Vikings and smoked the Seahawks and Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater both had pretty good games. Teddy Bridgewater though may have cemented his starting role with this performance against the Seahawks going nine of 11 for 105 yards and a touchdown lock nine of 14 for 80 yards. The general consensus, <clears throat> ah, excuse me, we're, we're dying here, Katie. Uh, the general consensus, I think from beat writers and people around the team is that it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater and the announcement's coming fairly soon. Yeah. And you could have probably read into that a little bit just with George Payton being the general manager, obviously having that role in hand picking Teddy back, you know, when he was with the Vikings, um, but and again, they didn't give up a huge amount for him. But the whole thing was it's kind of played out the way we thought. Teddy is looking like the safer quarterback again in a small sample size here. But you just look at the numbers. You look at his performance. He's he's a guy that's going to go out and get the job done. He's not probably going to exceed expectations. But Denver's not asking him to do that necessarily. They want him to control the football, which is something that Drew Locke struggled to do last year. They have a defense that they think is going to be good. Um, I think, yeah, it is definitely trending toward Teddy in week one. Now, if you get to a point during the season when, you know, you've got those situations like Teddy was in in Carolina last year where he he's maybe he's keeping you in the game, but he's not winning it for you. Maybe that's when they roll out Drew Locke again and they see, hey, can you, you know, can you use the magic that you kind of showed at the end of your rookie season uh, without, you know, making kind of boneheaded decisions along the way? Yeah, I I think I've I think I've sort of come around to the idea that I was wrong um in how I approached what the Broncos would do here because my my theory was oh Locke gives you more upside he's a younger player sure you know Peyton didn't draft him Elway did but you know you want to you want to try and get make the second round pick work out I think the Broncos look at the team as as a team that can win now and they sh- I mean, they should. Like, the roster's really good. As you point out, Peyton was in the building uh, with Rick Spielman when they drafted Teddy Bridgewater in the first round in Minnesota. And so it makes almost too much sense if you're the if you're the Broncos and you're thinking through this and you're Vic Fangio, conservative, defensive-minded coach. You want to go – also, by the way, uh, wasn't Pat Shermer with – was Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, it's a totally conservative – yeah, it, it all fits for Teddy. I mean – Wait, wasn't Pat Shermer the O.C.? with teddy or is he not there at the same time he was i'm I'm trying to think if they crossed over in minnesota his year was the minneapolis miracle when case keenum yeah quarterbacked him so i i I think teddy was there he just wasn't playing he wasn't playing because he got hurt right 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 but so they they at least know each other and there's some familiarity there and yes like pat Shermer, conservative you know offensive guy it, it 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 just it lines up like i've been thinking oh they'll just go with the guy that um 
you know, they'll just go, they'll just go with a guy that, that gives them the most upside. But in reality, they want the guy who's not going to lose them games and who's going to win them games. And Teddy has looked sharp in the preseason so far. Um, I think you have to be kind of high on Denver, even, even though Teddy, Teddy t- typically tends to not excite people, especially after the way that he played at Carolina last year. Yeah, the tough thing is, I mean, like you said, this is they have no choice. The staff, I mean, the current setup in Denver, this this is the move to go with Teddy Bridgewater. But um, Teddy Bridgewater has looked good, like he's looked solid other places. It's just, you know, is Denver trying to extend the current regime's um, tenure by getting to the playoffs, or are they trying to win it all? Because I think we all know that trading a late round draft pick to get Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I, it's, it's a placeholder move. It really is until you can figure out the quarterback position until you can say, we know what we have in drew lock or we're, we're getting Aaron Rodgers, or we're you know doing something else. So, um, no, I think Denver should be competitive, but, um, you know, I certainly like them better than the Raiders, but I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily putting their ceiling super high just because Teddy Bridgewater has proven to be more of that middle of the road. Yeah. Producer. I would uh, I would tend to agree with that. The Indianapolis Colts won twelve to ten over the Minnesota Vikings, but the big story is that Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz are going to be back on the field on Monday for practice. Oh my my my! Where uh, are you, Debo? Who's busy dealing with another podcast? Like he's got a secret podcast family. Um, I'm there. I'm here. uh, Okay. I guess you say Carson Wentz out loud. No, it's like, uh, yeah, my ears perked up. I will, I will leave you in a second, but I, I was perked up for now. Well, I was going to say, Debo, you are a, um, you are a Wentzpologist. Like you're, you're a, you're, you're, you're like me. Like, like I was a Colts fan last year because of Philip Rivers. You're, a, you're kind of a quasi Colts fan now, uh, as well because of Carson Wentz. Uh, I wonder, Cody, are you, cause I think it's kind of, it's one way or the other, right? Don't, don't Eagles fans either, they're either like rooting for Carson to be okay or they just want the Colts to, but it, it, I mean, what do you, do you think I am like a, the opposite of like a nuanced person? Like, how do you read me? Because I think, I think you're nuanced. I think you're like a, you're like Debo, like a generally optimistic and nice young, you know, Young, nice young man. <laughs> What's that? A nice young man. Yeah, yeah. nice. Thing. Um, yeah, but like I, I can't, um, I can't fathom you wanting bad things to happen to Carson Wentz. No, I mean I don't like. Yeah, but there are different there. Eagles fans out there who are like, I hope he, I hope he breaks all his feet and he dies. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people said that. I'm sure people said that about you know Donovan McNabb when they traded him to what, whatever. I, I, I am of the opinion that. Um, I mean, what are you asking me? Do what do I think of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? Are you rooting for the Are you Are you rooting for the Colts this year? Above the Eagles? No, 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 no. But the Colts. Okay. Are the I, I, I would like. I think Carson. What Wentz, What would your What would happen to your general demeanor and your heart? In your heart, what would happen if the Colts and Eagles met in the Super Bowl? Well, you also have to factor just the draft pick. Like, if the Colts do well, that helps the Eagles. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's true. If the I mean, you're turning this into a fan thing. I mean, if the Colts and Eagles were in the Super Bowl, there's no, there's no yeah, question. It, I just mean like, it, no, no, no. That's not even like. Would you be? Would you consider rooting for the Colts? Obviously not. Um, I would feel a little like. I would feel like um, <laughs> if it weren't the Eagles, I would want Carson Wentz to probably get that justification because he's gotten so torched, um, you know, for for a very bad season. But, you know, over the course of his career, it's been more good than bad. Um, and so, yeah, but like, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, would you be how like how scared would you be if you had to go against Carson Wentz with the Super Bowl title on the line? Uh, not necessarily not too scared. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it depends how he looks <laughs> in Indian. I mean, it depends how he looks in Indianapolis, but I'm not necessarily. Yeah, I think like we never saw Carson Wentz in the playoffs besides mm. the game where he got knocked out. And so. I don't have any, like I have 2017 MVP run Carson Wentz, who was, you know, really close to like unstoppable, but we haven't seen that since then. Um, And so, uh, no, I think that Carson Wentz and the Eagles are probably, well, I I think Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts are both better off than they were last year because. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that Carson Wentz coming back to the Eagles, like you may have a safer bet as a quarterback because. He's just proven more as a passer than Jalen Hurts has. That's just a fact. Um, but I think Jalen Hurts probably raises your floor because of his uh, – I mean, do you, do you agree with that? I think Carson Wentz gives you the higher ceiling as a prototypical quarterback who can win you a championship, a guy who can make the throws, whereas Jalen Hurts raises your floor because he 
I mean, his his play extending ability is it's not Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but it's up there. I mean, he 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 could come close to a thousand rushing yards if he if he's given free reign this year. Um, and so I think that uh, I I like them both. I I mean, this is the thing, Will. As a as a football fan or an Eagles fan, I always end up going down with the quarterback. So whether it's Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, I mean Jeff Garcet, like. I'm Jeff with them Garcia. until they're gone. So AJ Feely. Yeah, I mean, not so much him. I mean, I was not in on Kevin Cobb ever, so I don't know. Oh boy, that was a that was a disaster. Um, all right, uh, last one, last game to cover. I think oh, the Giants and the, the Browns played. Uh, my boy Mike Glennon, 10 of 13, 86 yards. Browns, Browns, Browns. Case Keenum as a backup is a nice little option for them as well. There, but they, you know, they neither of these teams really played any of their starters, so not a whole lot to glean there. The Giants and, fans aren't going to like that. We we just spent like ten minutes talking about the Eagles, and then Mike Glennon, ten passes. You know, well, I mean, I don't. I mean, like Mike's my no, boy. yeah. Um, the uh, the the other one, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams and the Raiders. That was, I gave it that under at uh, thirty five, and it actually fell down to like thirty three and a half, but it's still snuck under. Sean McVay is just not playing anybody. I mean, you just take the under on these Rams and these Chargers games. They just don't play anybody. And and so I think that's worth noting. And then the final game from the weekend, I don't think I missed anything else. Houston and Dallas played. Um, Denzel, uh, David Mills, 10 to 16, 115 yards. Not too bad. The, the story there for me is the Cowboys say that Dak Prescott will be ready to go for week one. And I just have this spidey sense concern about about what's happening with Dak right now. He, I mean, he may be ready for week one, but is he fully healthy? I mean, it seems like all indications are that's not even a possibility that he's going to be fully healthy in week one. Um, I mean, Adam Schefter, you know, suggesting that he might not be healthy all season. Um, I mean, when you're I know there was some speculation from. Uh, By the way, that when you when something like that comes out, and I'm, I'm trying to source guess on that on Schefter here. I mean, Schefter's as good as they get in terms of the insiders around you know the NFL. But when Schefter says that, that's likely coming from Dak's camp, almost as like a precursor right. to let to let in case Dak doesn't play well or in case he gets dinged up. And it's not it's not coming from the Cowboys because they're they're all sunshine and rainbows. It's coming from you know like Todd France or somebody you know an agent or or somebody in Dak's camp who wants to get it out there that Dak may be dealing with this throughout the course of the season as a way to set the table. So you don't end up in a Michael Thomas situation where, you know, he, the Cowboys leak out that Dak's rehab could have been, you know, nobody, nobody's, nobody's going to question Dak's rehab, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, to me, that seems like a pre like, Hey, like, just so you know, like there's a chance he's not healthy all season. Then if he, if he's healthy and he plays great, he's fine. I really think it's a case where Dak is overcompensating like physically, because you're, you know, if you shatter your ankle and you're trying to rehab and, and work and, and throw the football, you're going to inherently just, you know, change the way that you, your mechanics work a little bit. I, I just think that's just natural human behavior from a physiological perspective. And so I, my guess is that he's probably been, you know, using more or less legs, more arm on these throws he's been doing. And that may be part of the problem there. I know, uh, like pro football talk was theorizing about that. And I know others have done that. Um, you know, we were talking for, about for the record. I was theorizing about it before Florio wrote about it. Also, well, you, Hey, I give you the credit then. I did. I, I, somebody yeah. check on Florio. Did you read one of the, the story? He was like, he's not like an insane person in that thing. He's like, he needs to, it was like, he was like, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll look it up, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, it, it was the uh, most like joking about, paragraph. We were joking about, um, Carson Wentz, but there's a lot of, of talk about, you know, when he was coming off the knee injury during the Super Bowl run and came back and his mechanics were all messed up. Um, you know, we, maybe we'll see some of that with Dak. I know, like, if you watch Hard Knocks, he's eager to be out there. At least he's saying that to the cameras. Like, he doesn't want to be pulled out of the reps. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense if you make the connection. You're trying to recover from this serious ankle injury. You're probably not trying to put as much weight on it. And maybe you're overcompensating with the shoulder. I think regardless of how it happened he's coming off an ankle injury he's got a shoulder injury those are two big things for a quarterback and um no I I think the Cowboys you also look at their offensive line Tyron Smith and Zach Martin I mean guys that are up front that have been pro bowl caliber for a long time they haven't been able to stay healthy recently I think there's a lot of question marks uh from the offensive line back in Dallas here's the paragraph that I'm referring to so I just I was just reading like 
four year like on drugs? What is happening? It's like Dak has incredible toughness and will. He's overcome far more than what he'll be facing this year, but it's a delicate balance. He needs to understand the connection between his brain and his body in a way he perhaps never has. As his legs or arms strive to reach their full limits of their capabilities, the control room sealed inside his skull could be tapping the brakes, even if he doesn't want to do that. You know what I think it is? You know, you know what I think? <laughs> what are you doing, Mike? <laughs> I think, you know what I think it is? Mike's been pushing his, his book you know, lately. Oh, you're he's wrong. Probably, That's a good call. That is a probably still in writer. Like novel writing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I, you're, no, I agree. That it's. I, I read that. And I was like, that sounds like a, like somebody who's been writing like too a book. much alien fiction and, and like, <laughs> Alex, like trying to write about the that control room car. inside his head. Yeah. yeah. The control room between his ears. Uh, okay. Any other, uh, any other news or takeaways from the preseason that we may have missed? I think we kind of covered it. All right. We uh, like Casey in Arizona, but I don't, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I think Kyler Murray looked looked mobile. Um, I mean, he looked good. So I, I don't know in limited time. So oh wait, you know what? Oh my god, that's right. That game was Friday. So I had told everybody to take the Chiefs minus two, the first half, no matter what it was. And it was Chief Chiefs minus three and a half when it finally opened, and. Uh, Mahomes threw a just completely uncharacteristic red zone red zone interception when he was trying to like run around and they, they kicked a field goal they were going to cover and then they somehow get the ball back and score I think it was Chad Henney hits uh, was it Miko Hardman I can't get the, the stats I'm bringing up on the on the NFL's website there's like a, a pretty insane touchdown at the end of the first half to cover the first half spread if you talk about it, that that's the beauty of gambling is that. This is a you know I'm watching the preseason game anyway, but I ain't like like whooping and hollering and like about right. a preseason that, that game. preserved your six and one record. That's right, exactly. It kickstarted it really, Cody. We should like if Debo were here. I don't know if he's gone, but we could have plastered like just a huge like letters all like six and one, like just uh, Debo, Debo only uses the the captioning for for making fun of me, or like it would be like like Philip Rivers retires, Brinson cries, or something like that. Um, but yeah, any other uh, any other takeaways from the preseason? Pretty meaty, nice little meaty fifty minute preseason podcast. No, I'm just looking forward to. We'll have to do a a movie podcast. We'll have to review <laughs> Mike. <this> Flo- <laughs> we'll have to review Mike Florio's book at some point together. <laughs> yeah. um, we can <laughs> movies. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you having me on. And thanks, Debo, for he was listening. He was, he was, he was, he was listening. Um, yeah, Katie, thanks for doing it as always. It's a pleasure to chat with you. Good stuff on the preseason. We will be back uh, tomorrow. We got man, we're getting season's getting close. We're gonna uh, be talking some fantasy football. Be talking some gambling for the you know, just previewing the preseason as a whole. Thanks for listening, uh, Cody. Appreciate it, buddy.